This is our first experimental podcast. Uh, this is Tom McFadden. I'm a member of one of Bobby McKay's uh, several spiritual teams at the Glenview Community Church, uh, in which I've been participating for about six months now, although I've known Bobby McKay since I was... For a long time. For a long time, since I was in high school, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And yeah. Bobby was called to our church back in the early 70s, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, it was. and she was there for several years. She went off and did a whole lot of other things, then came back uh, to the Glenview Community Church only only a couple of years ago, and she was surprised to find that I had never left. <laughs> <laughs> and I greeted with you, you with the expression, are you the Tom McFadden? <laughs> I thought it was are you the are you the Tom McFadden that was here back in high school, <laughs> oh so many years right. ago? Yeah, that's right. I'm sure I said all that too. So, so Bob Bobby yeah. is uh, an ordained minister at the United Church of Christ. She's also a uh, licensed psychologist. That's right. But she has been doing. Of course, she's been working with people both in the church and in her practice. Uh, for many years, but over a number of years has focused a great deal of attention on the topic of spirituality. That's what we're here to talk about. So, Bobby, I would like to just kick this off by asking you to define spirituality and, and tell us why is it needed today? Well, it's a big question, Tom. The, the word that I use instead of the word spirituality, spiritual life, because that grounds it a little bit into my life, and then the word spiritual, which is much vaguer than my life, but the word spiritual is uh, something that a lot of people are really interested in now. You hear a lot of talk about people saying, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I think that the word spiritual has been growing in importance um, as not a substitute for religion, but as something that's that's important for my growth as a human being. I need to know, people want to know more about what that word spiritual means. And so part of what I did, Tom, was to try to help people define that for themselves. And in defining it for themselves, they defined it for me as the researcher. So so I think the word spiritual um, is is becoming more important, uh, but people have to find their own definition of what spiritual is for them, and that's the exciting piece. What have you seen that makes you know that there is such a need and such an interest among people for spirituality? Well, the first time I noticed it was in my practice as a psychologist because when people found out that I was also an ordained minister, once in a while they would venture a question like, well, well when you're wearing your other hat, meaning <laughs> my religious hat, um, what's that like? So the, the beginning of my interest in spiritual life really came out of my life as a psychologist, and and at that point I also started to think about the fact that my people in my practice were talking about it, but I didn't hear the church talking a lot about it. And that was intriguing enough to um, make me decide to 
explore what spiritual life, what spirit really did mean to people. Um, And the place that I decided to try to find that out was, not surprisingly, in the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so I, I approached the United Church of Christ with the idea that I would do a small study in the greater Chicago area um, to meet with a diverse population of maybe a dozen churches and talk to people about what spiritual meant to them. And the denomination didn't think that anyone would be interested. So they didn't encourage me at all. They just said, well, people aren't interested in spiritual life. But I knew better coming out of my practice, but I knew better just in general, because spirit is part of who we are, and it's really important to define it. So that's how I got started, and my little study uh, grew um, to be a huge study, um, because the denomination, again, encouraged me to invite a lot of people to participate in my study, because they felt most people would turn me down, but it turned out that everybody wanted to talk to me about spiritual life. So I have probably the largest study in mainstream interfaith congregations of spiritual life and anybody uh, anybody around at 4,000 people in this study about spiritual life. So I've learned a lot. Now that was initially sponsored by the denomination, the United Church of Christ, but then didn't it grow to be to go way out, much outside the boundaries of the denomination itself? When when we met with over 100 churches in the United Church of Christ located all over the United States, uh, 2,000 people, and they all told me about their spiritual lives, it was um, a, an amazing and wonderful experience to learn not only that people have spiritual lives, but to learn what they meant to people. And uh, what they meant in, in, in the initial study was that a person had had an experience with God, and they were absolutely solid in terms of this was an experience with God, but they were equally solid in saying, but I don't talk about it to anybody because I don't want to be seen as weird, crazy, or too religious. But they did talk to me. The psychologist in me, I guess, was persuasive, and so... We collected about 1,800 God stories and thought our work was finished, and then I thought, well, why not go into the Catholic Church? So we spent a couple of years in the Catholic Church in the greater Chicago area and found the same kind of response. People talked about their spiritual life as being an experience of God, but once again, people never talked about it. Same reasons for fear of being seen as weird, crazy, or too religious. But the stories were never forgotten. Well, we were on a roll by that time, so I moved into the Reformed Jewish tradition and did the same kind of study adapted for a Jewish congregation. And lo and behold, same, same. People had God experiences, never forgotten, never shared. And when we finally moved into the Muslim world a few years ago, we had to adjust our language a little bit, but when we did that, we were beginning to find a similarity again of my spiritual life is an experience that I have had with God. And that's really powerful stuff. 
Did you find that uh, any one of the religions that you, where you studied with groups, uh, had a, a greater affinity with spirituality or was closer to it? That's a good question, Tom. Um, no. Once they started defining this as an experience, it's really hard to rate an experience. You can't say, well, my experience was better than yours. Uh, there's there's no way to compare that. What, what it turned out was that everybody had an experience with God, and probably everybody's experience was different. But the deciding, the most important part was that it was a common experience, and that's really mind-boggling. Um, we were able to validate that in England with a group that collected God stories from all of the major religions, well beyond mm -hmm. what we were doing. And we were able to read the stories that people wrote about their God experiences. And it was so striking that, that we saw themes going across the ocean uh, that were very, very similar. And so, in effect, what we found was a kind of universal language among all the world religions about my spiritual life being an experience that I had with God. Some people would call it with the divine, or maybe they'd call it Jesus or Moses or whatever, but that it was the experience that was the common denominator. And that's just wildly exciting. How did people realize that these were God stories or God moments? And was this a revelation to them? Was this something new? Or did they know it all the time but were just afraid to talk about it? Well, they certainly, they used the word God almost universally. Um, in, in, among the Christian group, um, we didn't hear, uh, we didn't hear the word Jesus very often, Holy Spirit, um, uh, in the uh, Jewish groups, we didn't hear Moses. Uh, we didn't hear about Muhammad in the Muslim group. It was more uh, an experience of God, the divine spirit. They might have other words, but they sort of boiled down to that. And it, we did all these uh, data gathering experiences, Tom, in a group setting. So I think there was a sense in the group that yeah, the, the word was God, that this was a God experience. And, and once it got spoken out loud, then then it was a, kind of an aha moment. That's right. That's what it was. It was, it was a God experience. I've just not talked about it, so I have to find the language to use. Uh, and... Uh, and, and so between the experience people had of talking directly to me as a researcher, then we had these questionnaires that people filled out, so we got even more data about the experience and what happened before and what happened after and uh, how it changed their lives. So uh, it was, it's, just, it's very striking to think that this is a common word among us, this word spiritual. Uh, and and it can be defined. Each person has to define it, I think, for themselves, but it can be done. So I have a question for you. I'm interested to know because in your practice as a psychologist, you were working with people on their personal life 
and I imagine on their what it was a part of their personal spiritual life and is your work as a religious leader you're looking at a religious spiritual life did people see that as one and the same or were there differences when they came to that realization of that that was present for them um, I think in my practice as a psychologist um, I, I did not bring the religious spiritual piece into the practice because that would have been structuring uh, a person's time uh, in my way, not in theirs. So it had to come from people who had a curiosity. You have another profession. What, what do you do in your other profession? What about God? Those kinds of questions would come out of the practice. Uh, what I've done with the groups that I run is I say to all the groups that I do, I leave my psychologist's hat outside the door this is going to be an experience of you learning about your spiritual life. So we're not going to talk therapy, and I'm not going to talk about psychological issues. We're, we're going to devote this time, and interestingly enough, I hadn't thought about this till tonight, Tom, the therapeutic hour is the hour that I spend with my teens. We spend one hour once a month, and we talk about God in that hour. Um, not my psychological needs or my psychological life, but, but what what's my spiritual life like in a group setting so I get to hear about your spiritual life and all the other people. And it really helps me to connect better to mine. I don't know if I'm answering your question right. I, I, I think so. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested, when people reflect on those experiences, do they, in retrospect, think that that comes from their their own personal sense of God and understanding uh, his spirit, or does it come from what they've learned and experienced in the organized religious setting? Well, I think it's less likely to have been learned in the organized religious setting because spiritual life has not been as much a part of the mainstream. You've seen it in, in, uh, in religious groups maybe more out, out on the, not on the fringe exactly, because that's too strong a word, but just sort of in the mainstream, we've, we've talked about the Trinity, you know, God the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that kind of thing. But my own spiritual life has been um, not nearly uh, talked about as much. Um, we sort of divvy up here between religion and spiritual life, um, and uh, so I'm not sure that people picked it up probably from their um, religious background or religious training, but I think the word spiritual has, I think it started a number of years ago, people's curiosity about spiritual life, and I mean, there were there were crazy uh, experiments with LSD way back in the 60s, mm -hmm. where people thought they got in touch with their spiritual life. Um, but but to get in touch with my spiritual life without the benefit of drugs uh, is is a whole new, new thing uh, for some people. But I, I don't think it came from necessarily from a religious background. Uh, I, I think that it emerges in people's lives um, as they get into adolescence, maybe young adulthood, the question of what what is my spirit, I think, emerges. But we haven't had the kind of data that 
that I collected to find out what it probably is, which is an experience of God, of the divine, of, of whatever works for me um, that's different from my mind and my body. And we talk about mind, body, spirit, but now we're talking about spirit experiences, and that's a quantum leap. Sounds like it is. You mentioned that often people are reluctant to talk about these things in the setting that you've created in Spiritual Life Teams. People have been willing to talk about it. It sounds like they have become enthused about talking about it. It sounds like they've been able to do that without feeling weird, crazy, and, and out on the... Or too religious. Or too religious or out on the fringe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Well, Tell us a little um, bit about how, how you know how does how does how does that uh, express itself? How do people tell you they feel about being more in touch and talking about these experiences that they're having? Well, um, it really helps Tom to have done this research, uh, and I stand very very tall on it. And you know I'm not very tall, but I stand tall on the research. Because I, I did the work first of talking to people to find out where they are. So I bring that into every team, that absolute conviction that there's a truth here that's important, and that is you and everybody can have an experience with God that is transforming. And what people said transforming meant was that God became real in some way. And that's that's for each person uh, their own individual experience the way in which somehow God became real for you uh, God became real for me when I was cleaning house not expected at all um, so so however it is that God becomes real so I, I come into the group knowing that everybody in the group has had at one time or another a spiritual experience where, where God has become real and I know mostly they've probably not talked about it, partly because they don't have the language to talk about it. Uh, so my job is to help develop a language that everybody can use. I, I also, um, a part of the group that I do is a time of prayer, um, and we pray out loud because that way everybody hears everybody's prayers and finds out... Um, what what that experience is like so so in the teams we pray out loud and some people say Bobby I can't pray out loud uh, loud or or I won't pray out loud or please don't make me because I really don't feel comfortable doing that and I always say to everybody that's fine it, it doesn't matter don't don't do whatever you're not comfortable with and everybody learns how to pray out loud and then everybody learns how to identify and God experience and share it and suddenly, we're talking about each individual person's spiritual life. It becomes real through my prayers, through listening to others pray, through my experiences with God, listening to others have experience. And then, then people are equipped to talk to others outside the group uh, about their spiritual life. And it becomes contagious. Um, and it's interesting, Tom, isn't it, that we're so accustomed to talking in psychological terms that we don't think anything of sharing our deep, dark psychological secrets 
but we're very uncomfortable talking about God until we get comfortable. So, Bobby, this has been a very good introduction to uh, a topic that, that I've just recently become involved with. Uh, and I hope this is going to be a springboard for further podcasts because there's a lot to talk about. You've been you've been involved with literally thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned yeah. several times the research you've done, which is quite extensive. And I think that's that, that for one is a great topic for another podcast. Just to Absolutely. come back to that. Absolutely, the interface piece is an, another interesting one to come back. To. Lots of topics here. So yeah. I want to thank you for sharing this derlude with us. And I'm going to ask you, this. we didn't rehearse any of this, <laughs> so you don't know what I'm going to ask. I was going to ask you if you would reflect on uh, on this moment, whatever else has, has uh, come into your life you know, just recently, and, and share what, what for you would be a, a God moment. Because uh, I think that that's something that uh, will illustrate to folks just uh, just how natural it can be to be open to and aware of the presence of God in your everyday life. Well, I have to tell you, Tom, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, but I'm glad you did. Talking to you on the telephone about this is a God moment for me. It is profoundly moving. I know that God is present while you and I are talking. The fact that I knew you back back when, <laughs> when I was much younger and you were in high school and came back to the church where you still were remembered your name, uh, started to talk with you immediately. It's a huge God moment. So this, But this moment of talking with you on the telephone, sitting at my dining room table, um, and, and having this conversation with you is filled with God for me. It is a blessing. It is an unexpected joy. Uh, knowing you is very unexpected and wonderful joy. So Lots of God. I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, really feels very, very powerful to me. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, you're welcome, Tom. It's Thank been so you. nice to talk to you tonight. Nice to talk to you, too. Talk to you again? Yes. The Reverend Bobby McKay, Ph.D., is a licensed psychologist and an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. Her PhD is from Northwestern University in Counseling Psychology. She is the author of six published books. Bobby has led over 900 seminars and workshops having to do with spiritual life and psychological health. She's designed and completed a large interfaith research study in spiritual life with over 4,000 participants and has additional research studies in spiritual life in older adults and adolescents. Bobby is currently a pastoral associate at the Glenview Community Church, Glenview, Illinois. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to send Bobby a message or learn more about her programs in spiritual life, please send her an email to bobbymk at mc.net. That's B-O-B-B-I-E-M-K at mc.net. Thank you. <laughs>